0: If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the podcast from One Cause Church. All right, let's go to Joshua, the sixth book in the Bible. Uh, We have just finished the Pentateuch. Wow, haven't we accomplished something wonderful Uh, in our Route 66 series? We've been journeying through the Bible a book at a time, just a one look at it, just one angle at each book. we have obviously I'm not going to cover every part of every book, but we've laid out a map. I've laid out a map of how we'll navigate our way through the, the books of the Bible and um, given you a fancy little acronym uh, using the word map. And the M stands for memento. When you go on a trip, uh, usually, you know, collect a souvenir from that trip, something to remember it by. Well, that's what we're doing along this journey through the scriptures, something to take home. All right, A truth that we, this memento is something to bring into our lives, for especially that week that you just heard it, to chew on it, to meditate on it, to confess it, get it in your life, and apply it to where you live right now. You know, all the Word of God is living. All of it is. And we can reach all the way back to the, to the Old Testament here from ancient times and find living truths for today. Uh, so this is what we're doing. And then uh, the A stands for attraction. And that is, this is the must see of this book. Now, some books have so many must sees, uh, we, we just have to choose one. But this one for sure we have to choose the one we'll cover today in the book of Joshua. And uh, this is where we will see a big story or maybe a big uh, theological truth from the scriptures. Uh, As we journey through, and then the last one, something to explore. And that's where we will always center it on, look at the person of Jesus. Because he is all throughout this book. As a matter of fact, he is the book. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. So... Let's go over to Joshua chapter 23. Uh, It it took me a while to really figure out what we would bring home today with us, but I want to go to a passage of scripture that's not the most famous one here in Joshua. Many of you know, uh, maybe even have this uh, in a picture frame in your house or whatever. uh, Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's what Joshua said in Joshua chapter 24. Joshua 1, Joshua 24 is the last chapter, Joshua chapter 1, we also know a very uh, uh, famous piece of scripture that says, uh, uh, what does it say? (laughs) This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night. Then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. There's also the the verse prior to that, that was verse 9. Verse 8 says, only be strong and very courageous for the Lord your God is with you. All right, there's there's some wonderful uh, things in the book of Joshua that we can bring into our lives. But I wanted us to focus on this one uh, particular one and just to maybe help you know a little bit A different scripture in the book of Joshua. And that's found in chapter 23. Joshua has done what he came to do. And now he is of age and he's about to uh, go to heaven. And so he's giving some last instructions to the children of Israel. Some reminders and some instructions for what's ahead. And he's talking about all the great things that the Lord has done for them. And he comes to this verse in verse 14 of chapter 23. He says, Behold this day I'm going the way... Of all the earth and you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord spoke concerning you next all have come to pass for you not one word of them has failed all have come to pass for you not one word of them has failed what an assurance about the word of God what a great assurance Thing for us to know, to be reminded of, to get into our hearts and our lives, that no matter what kind of things we face in this world, even in this coming week, we can know this about the Word of God: it will not fail us. What God has said about you is the truth. What God and the, I noticed how, that Joshua said it's the good things that the Lord has spoken concerning you. Never fail. Well, we live in a world where we've concluded that all good things must, come on, finish the sentence, you've heard it, maybe said it, all good things must come to an end. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. I'd like to say this, if it sounds too good to be true, then you've probably just heard the gospel. (laughs) because it does sound too good to be true, but yet it's still true. God, is that good to us? And that Jesus Christ now, the scripture says in Hebrews 9, that he is our high priest of the good things to come. He's there to ensure that good things never end for you. Good things never go away. Hallelujah. Good things keep coming. Amen. So that's why you can believe that whatever the good that God has spoken over you absolutely is true and will happen in your life. Amen. Expect it. That's why we have this high expectation about our lives, because God is with us, and God has spoken these wonderful promises to us for us to continue to come into good and good and good and gooder and goodest. Amen. I mean, even the scripture says that the the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. It shines brighter to the full day. That means our life, because we are in Christ now, gets better and stronger and increases more and more. Yeah. Amen. Amen. At least that's what it's supposed to do. Amen. For those who will believe on him and walk accordingly. I want you to say this with me today. This is what we're going to bring home, and you might even write this down. I know, wow, okay, let me try this again. The key is you want to repeat after me, all right? I'm going to say something and then I want you to repeat that thing that I just said. All right, are we clear on that? Okay, I know, I know. Every, good thing every good thing the Lord has spoken concerning me, the Lord has spoken concerning me. is true. true. His word will not fail me. It will surely come to pass. Let's try it again. I know know every every good thing the Lord has spoken. Concerning me is true. His word will not fail me. It will surely come to pass. And I'm saying that to you today because I don't want you to think less of yourself than what happened for Israel that God would not do that for you. As a matter of fact, he would more do it for you today. More do it for you today. One little scripture in Hebrew says that Jesus Christ brought a new covenant. And that new covenant was established upon better promises. what, what, What made those promises better? What made the promises of the new covenant better than the promises of the old? Well, the promise of the new is all blessing. The promise of the old was, well, if you do right, you'll get these blessings. But if you do wrong, these cursings will come upon you. But the new covenant doesn't involve curses because Christ became a curse for us. The scripture says, as it is written, curses everyone who hangs on the tree. The only way that you could avoid a curse is if you did everything right. I mean everything right. And we read from the children of Israel's story throughout Exodus and Leviticus, they did not do everything right. And they suffered the consequences many times because of their wrong choices, because of their bad choices. But God, hallelujah, When Jesus, if you fulfilled that law, and if you could really keep it, then you would never endure a curse. But since Christ came, the scripture says that he fulfilled the law. It was fulfilled in him. And so because of that, the moment Jesus said, it is finished, that meant every curse that was attached to that law was over. I said it was over. Not only does the law accomplish, cause every curse to stop but it means every blessing continues to flow through. Yeah. And at that cross, every curse that was against man stopped right there. The scripture says that Amen. he took out of the way this handwriting of requirements, the law that was against us, that was contrary to us. He took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Yeah. Amen. Glory to God. Not only did He take that law away, but he took the curse of the law. Not only did he take the curse of the law, but he took your sins away. Not only did he take your sins away, he took the consequences of your sins away. Okay. Jesus said, in me you have life. Yeah. Whoever believes in me shall never die. Hallelujah. Amen. Life in that more abundant. That's what he said I came to bring. Are you with me? Yeah. Are you encouraged yet? Yeah, yeah. All right, I am too. I'm really encouraged. Let's go to Joshua chapter 6. we got to see our attraction. So the, believe this. Uh, this week, believe the word of God. Look, to it, look for it to come to pass because the scripture teaches us this, that God watches over his word to perform it. He doesn't just say something and then just Amen. keep on walking on and go, oh, yeah, I forgot I told you that. I forgot I told you I was going to bless you. No, no, no. He watches over that word. He takes his word seriously to perform it. And if you'll take it seriously, too, you'll enjoy the benefits of it. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I thank God he's not like me in that aspect. Ooh. Right, honey? I think some of my favorite words over the years to her is, I forgot. (laughs) Joshua chapter 6, let's look at verse 1. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, 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 I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. It just told us that Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. They had just crossed over the Jordan. Uh, Joshua, they breached that promised land by crossing through the Jordan on dry ground because it split open for them to cross over. And the first city they come to to overcome and to conquer is this city of Jericho. This isn't just any normal uh, everyday city. This is a place that is a fortress it's got a massive wall around it, and no one, because they saw the children of Israel coming, they made it to where it could not be penetrated. There was, no one could come in, and no one could go out. Amen. All right, so Jericho is secure. No one went out, no one came in. And then the Lord says, see, I've given it to you. Well, Lord, I don't know exactly what you're looking at. But all I see are walls. All I see is a city that is not actually in my possession. All I see is a challenge. See, I have gifts. See, God doesn't necessarily want you. Listen to me. He's called us to walk this higher walk of faith. That is to not get caught up in the sensual realm of that which we can see, but to see what he sees. That's why he's given us his scripture, so that we can see things as God sees them. All right? He wants you to come up and experience what he experiences. He wants you to come into his world so that he can show you what life really is about. It's not just about enduring and coping and hoping everything works out. Hmm? No, he's called you above all of that. Jesus said, hey, in the world, you got trouble. This is what the world will give you, trouble. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Which means if he's overcome it, then so do you. All right? He's caused, he's made such a way for you to rise above and overcome every challenge that you face. In this life. Even if it looks like a fortified city ahead of you. doesn't matter. God says, see, see what I see. See what I see? Amen. I have given you the city and all the mighty men. Of God. Not only did I give you this city, but I've given you all those who can fight really well, too. The guys who would threaten you, the guys who could normally take you out, I gave them to you, too. Oh, by the way, and the king. You get all of it. Yeah. All right? Are you catching this? Yeah. All right. I want, I want to help you today to, to see what God sees. See life how God sees it. See cuz God's promise is born out of his own character, his own good nature, his own love for you and I. That's what his promise his promise is not uh, predicated upon what happens in the natural realm. It does it's not dependent upon circumstantial evidence. Therefore, because that's not even calculated, therefore your faith then doesn't have anything to do with the circumstantial evidence. All right, your faith is simply in his word. That's evidence enough to you that it's the truth no matter what you see in the natural. That you decide, I'm going to see the truth for what it is and not get caught up in the facts of life. Hallelujah. Okay, let's keep going. Verse 3, you shall march around. This is God talking to jo- uh What's his name? Joshua. almost said Joab. Or Jonah, you shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This shall you do six days. So, okay, so God's given us a very specific instruction that all the warriors, all the soldiers are going to march around the city, one lap around the city for six days. All right, here we go. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn and when you hear the sound of the trumpet that all the people shall shout with a great shout, must have been a charismatic church, then the wall of the city will fall down flat. This is God's promise. See, I've given it to you and here's how it's going to happen. Here's how you're going to get it. You're going to play some music and then you're going to shout. I love that. What is What a battle plan. And then the wall of the sea will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, every man straight before him. Verse 9, skip down to 9. Then the armed men went before the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard came after the ark while the priests continued to blow on the trumpets. So this is what would happen. They'd have some soldiers up front. They had the priests bearing the ark of the covenant which held the presence of God. And then they had a rear guard of other soldiers and they had these priests and they're they're blowing these trumpets as they walk around one time for six days. All right, you got the picture? All right, now let's go to 15. Oh, and I'm sorry, 10. Now Joshua commanded the people saying, you shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, shout, then you shall shout. I love this. See, Joshua is trying to to get the people to get their eyes on the promise above anything else. And he tells them, I don't want anybody to open their mouths. As a matter of fact, I think this is where my grandmother got the phrase, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Because don't you know, they would have been tempted, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, just imagine what kind of conversation would be struck up as they're walking around this city. What kind of things would they say? What would you say? I might say something like, what the heck are we doing? (laughs) What are we doing? What what is this accomplishing? Joshua said, I don't want anybody talking. I don't want you shouting. I don't want any noise coming from your mouth. Because it was the noise of the people's mouth that kept them out of the promised land for 40 years. It was when they began to open their mouths and started talking about all the obstacles that were there in the land of promise, as if God didn't know, bless you, as if God didn't know that the giants were there, as if God didn't know there were fortified cities. They sent out those 10 spy, 12 spies. Only two of them came back and said, we can do this. And that was Joshua and Caleb. And they were the only two out of those 10 spies who would actually get to go to the Promised and all the rest of them died in the wilderness. Why? Because they brought an evil report, the scripture says. That was simply a report of unbelief. God said they could have it, and they ended up saying, no, we can't have it. It's going to be too hard. It's going to be too difficult. Obviously, God doesn't see what we see. No, he doesn't. But Joshua and Caleb said, no, we're well able. I'm so glad to be a part of the church of the we be able, not the we be not able. Amen. Amen? We believe anything is possible. We believe because God is for us, it doesn't matter who's against us. We believe Amen. that if God is able, then we are able. Amen. Huh? Wow. He so said, nobody open their mouths this time. Ain't it going to happen? You're not going to keep us out of what God has given us. All right? So everybody just walked around silently. They walked silently around as the priests blew their trumpets. Verse 15, but it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. On that day only, they marched around the city seven times. 16, and the seventh time it happened when the priest blew the trumpets that Joshua said to the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. I love this. I love this transfer of God's knowledge. God told him, see, I've given it to you. And now he says, now shout, the Lord has given it to you. And yet not one wall had fallen yet. Because when you walk by faith, you believe it. Then you see it. Yeah, amen. Hmm? Shout for the Lord has given you. Now the city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction. It and all who are in it, only Rahab the harlot shall live. What an interesting thing to say. Rahab who runs the brothel. She's the only one that's going to be spared here. Rahab the prostitute. She's the only one that's going to live. She and all who are with her in her house because she hid the messengers that were sent. We'll get to that in just a moment. Verse 20, this is what happened. So, verse 20 of Joshua 6. So the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpets and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. In other words... It was exactly as God said it was. That's why Joshua later on could say this very thing, because God proved himself time and time and time and time again. God, I mean, Joshua was so convinced from this day forward, that God was with them in their deliverance, that he had the audacity one day as they're fighting the Amorites, uh, one of their major, major enemies. They're fighting these guys, and and they've been fighting all day long. And as the war is going on, the sun begins to set. And he knows that they have way too many people to kill before that sun sets. But Joshua is so convinced that God's with them. He so believes that God has given them this land. He's given them the victory that he says this audacious phrase, Sun, stand still. And the solar system stopped. Everything came to a screeching halt. And the sun stayed up, the scripture says, for about a day until Joshua could wreak havoc on his enemies to the fullest. And God proved to him, I'll do anything. I literally will move or stop heaven and earth. For someone who will dare to believe that God can and God will. See, it's not a problem for for believers to believe that God can. The problem happens in will he. Can I just say this to you today? If he can, he will. What's the point of us just knowing God can? How is that going to help you? I mean, if I have medicine in my cabinet that can help my child feel better, but I don't give, the, give it to him, I'm not willing to give it to him, How, what, what would you think of me as a father? Oh, you shaking your head. You dirty. <laughs> <laughs> better give that kid medicine. Of course. Because if I can, I will. Yeah. All right? Jesus said, if you being evil, and that is evil compared to God, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask Him? Come on. And they took the city. They took it. Because God's word did not fail. Now let's go to this last place. Joshua chapter 5, where we look to the person of Jesus. Verse 13, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? I love the response. And he said, No. 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 Are you for us or them? No. Are you on our side or on their side? No. I am, watch, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. What he's telling Joshua is, Joshua, I'm not here to take sides. I'm here to take over. I'm here to take over, and I'm going to show you what can happen when God takes over your battles. Yeah, When God gets in the fight with you. I'm going to show you the strength that is there, the power that is there, the ability that is there when God is in the fight with yeah. you. Can I just remind you today, God is in the fight with you. And if he's in the fight with you, <laughs> how are you going to lose that deal? How are you going to lose that deal? David said, he trains my hands for war. God taught David how to fight. Imagine that. He says, he trains my hands for war. There was a time when, when, when their whole city and all their women and children got kidnapped. David and them had been off to war. They came back and everything had been burned. And the scriptures, 1 Samuel chapter 30, we'll probably talk about that later. It says that they, they all, all of his mighty men, all of his men of war, it says they spoke of stoning him. But nobody picked up a rock to throw it at David because God trained him how to fight. I mean, how do you beat the guy who God taught how to fight? Amen. I mean, nothing is impossible for you because God trains your hands. He's on yeah. your side. He's yeah. given you the ability. And here's, here's, what your, here's what your weapon is. Here's, here's how you win. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 says, whatever is born of God. Anybody born of God in here? Yeah. Let me just raise your hand right quick. Let me just, if you want to testify today that you're born of God. Whatever is born of God, overcomes the world. That means you are called to be on top. Not to just deal with, take life as it comes to you. Listen to me. You're called to be an overcomer if you're born of God. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Faith is the victory. Oh, man. Not, he says, no, but as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come and Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him what does my lord say to a servant then the commander of the lord's army said to Joshua take your sandal off your foot for the place where you stand is holy and Joshua did so this is where we see Jesus it says a man stood before him this is where we see him now it's interesting This this scenario happened also with his predecessor, Moses, where he he was told to take off his sandal because the place where he stood was holy. And we talked about that in the book of Exodus where Moses was out on the back of the desert tending his father-in-law's sheep. He's 80 years old. And he looks over and sees this bush, but he noticed that it's on fire, but it's not being consumed. And he said, I will now turn and go see. Why is this bush not being consumed by this fire? And as he approached it, then the Lord spoke to him from it. Moses. And then he told them what he was going to be doing. He was going to deliver the children of Israel from the bondage of Egypt. What a wonder that was to see the bush on fire but yet not being consumed. And that is that's how God appeared to Moses and that is exactly how God would use Moses in in yeah. ministry that he would yeah. do wonder after wonder after wonder after wonder. Yeah. Over and over again. I mean, he opened up the sea. He, he cast his, his staff to the ground, and it turned into a snake, and he picked it back up, and it was a stick again. He put his hand in his side and pulled it out, and it was full of leprosy, and he pushed it back in and pulled it out again, and it was made whole, and, and all these 10 plagues that came to Egypt, these wonders of God, and this is how God, it's, it's how he initially appeared to him, and it's how he showed himself strong on Moses' behalf as well as the children of Israel, but now... Joshua the successor to Moses, has now come. Moses has died, and now God is with Joshua. And he said, as, as, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. But it doesn't appear to him in a wondrous way. It appears to him as a warrior. And so now, from this day forward, as this commander of the army of the Lord, the warrior, Jesus Christ, stands before him. From that day forward, that's exactly how Joshua's life would go. It would be, he would be a man of war. And at the end of the story, at the end of Israel's conquering of the land, they had taken out 31 kings. Marvelous victories. One of those battles, God, God got so excited about the war that was going on, the scripture says that he started hurling hailstones from heaven. At the, at the, it was actually at the Amorites. And it says that more were killed with hailstones than there was with the, with the sword. What was that like to see that? God hurling hailstones. Not at his people. At the enemies of God. He did marvelous things for them. And at the end of all of it, everything's driven out. They had peace all around them. And then every tribe got their allotment of land. By, and the scripture gives all the borders of their, of their land. And they came into their promise. Jesus is here as a warrior. He's a wonder in Moses' ministry. And he's a warrior in Joshua's ministry. Yeah. And I think those things are wonderful. I think they're great. Yeah. But I like the way He came to us. Yeah. I like the way He came to us. Amen. He came to us like we come into the world. Yeah. Born. Amen. A baby. Right. All the ways that God has shown Himself, and now He shows Himself in the greatest way, in the greatest measure of love, the greatest expression yeah. of love, Amen. that God would become a man. He would be born of a virgin. Now, I understand we weren't all born of virgins, but Jesus was born of a virgin. He came through a woman and was raised and lived life and was tempted, the Scripture says, in all points like we are, yet without sin. But because He was, the Scripture says, He's sympathetic toward our condition. He understands us. He has felt what you have felt. He's grieved He's been happy. He's laughed. He's done all that. He's experienced relationships. He's experienced broken relationships. One of his closest friends denied him, betrayed him. So he can sympathize with where you are today. He loves you. And not only does he sympathize, I mean, he doesn't just say, "I'm, I'm really sorry about that. No, he's there to help you. And to put the broken pieces together to heal the wounds and to strengthen you and to heal you and to bless you. Because he became like us. And because he became like us, he's called us to be like him. Empowered all of us who have been born to be born again. The last place I want to go to. Joshua 2, this is, we're still talking about the person of Jesus. Now we see this, this great warrior, but then there's, you know, throughout the, the Old Testament, there are these types and shadows of Christ. And I just wanted to touch on this one last one. You, all, you guys all right? Okay. This one last thing. This is going to bless you. So the men, uh, Joshua two seventeen. So the men said to her, now, now we're talking about Rahab, this harlot, Right. We will be blameless of this oath of yours, which you have made us swear. Unless we come into the land, you bind this line of scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you bring your father, your mother, your brothers, and all your father's household to your own home. Then she said, according to your word, so be it. So she sent them away. This is 21. I'm sorry. And uh, and she sent them away. And they departed. And she bound the scarlet cord in the window. It shall be that whoever goes outside. Oh, wait. I don't know what happened there. So go, to, go back to 21, sorry. According to your words, and, and she sent them away, and they departed, and she bound the scarlet cord in the window. Okay, there we go. This, scar- this is Rahab the harlot. What happened was, what ha- happened was, this is what my wife, <laughs> my wife likes to say, they, uh, Joshua sp- sent two guys to spy in to look at Jericho, and they ended up at Rahab the harlot's house. Now, I don't know the whole backstory to that, why they ended up this brothel, but they ended up there, all right? So we're going to believe the best for these two spies. And she told them, she says, we know, we know that our doom is coming. We know who you are. We know what God did for you. We know that he split the sea wide open. We heard all the stories about your deliverance from Egypt, and the people's hearts are melted because of you. I'm asking you, please spare me and my father, and my mother, and my brothers. She didn't have any really right to ask of this, except for she showed these guys kindness. And, and, and when the report got around to the king that there were two Israelis in the camp, they went over to Rahab's house. Well, at that point, she had already hit them up in the, the thatch roof above, so they, were, they, were, uh, they escaped with their lives, and she gave them instructions of how to survive. Anyway, And she let them down through her window, and then she asked them, please spare my life whenever you come to take this city. Please remember me and all of my family. And they said, well, you put this scarlet cord, this scarlet rope in your window, and we'll know that that's your house. And now everybody that's in there gets to live. Now, we're not responsible for anybody that goes outside of here. All right? That's not our problem. So you better make sure your mom and your dad and your brothers, they all stay in the house because if they're out, we're not responsible. We're, We're clear of this oath. All right? So she said, okay, however you said it, then I'll do it. And she put that scarlet thread, and her, her house was on the wall, the Scripture says. She lived on the wall there, and, and so that thread was, that rope was hanging out so that Israel could see it, and they could go rescue her family when the time came. Well, the time came. That word, that word, I like to study the Hebrew and the Greek, and that word for cord in verse 21, the scarlet cord, means court but this, but another popular definition of it is hope or expectancy the scarlet hope the scarlet expectancy in other words it was something for her to hold onto something to hold on oh, well wow. Something to hold on to. See, you and I have nothing to hold on to without that scarlet blood of Jesus Christ. It is our hope. It is our expectation that we have been saved from the wrath of God. We've been saved from the wrath to come. We've been saved from eternal destruction. It is our way. Hey, not because we deserve it, but because he shed his blood. Yeah. Because yeah. he did it. And we can bank on that. We can believe and have this great hope. Hey, I've got the scarlet hope. I'll say it. Say, I've got the scarlet hope today. That's your hope. It's the blood of Jesus. The scripture says that we were far away, but now we've been brought near by the blood of Jesus. Yeah. Amen. It's him. There he is. There he is in the little scarlet rope hanging from the harlot's window. Because it's only God who can justify the ungodly. Amen. And the scripture says that happened. They came in. And Rahab and all of her family were rescued. None of them endured the destruction of Jericho. It's a marvelous story of the grace of God. Rahab, who was on the outside, who wasn't even, didn't even have any real part, didn't have a right to any of the part of what God's children had, the children of Israel. They were the, they were the darling of God's eye, they were the, the object of his affection. Everybody else was on the outside. But somehow, this girl, this, this prostitute, not just any average woman, this prostitute who's profiting on sin, and yet because she, by faith, the Scripture said, hid those spies, she became part of the family. Ladies and gentlemen, not only did Rahab and all of her family come in to the family of Israel, not only did that happen, but I want you to jump over to Matthew chapter 1. I'm almost there, I promise. You've got to see this, though. Matthew chapter 1, look at this. The marvelous thing. Not only did they get spared from destruction, but Matthew chapter 1 shows us something about Rahab. It says that, Sal- verse 5, Salmon begot uh, Boaz by Rahab. Hmm. Ro- uh, Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David the king. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now, now, Matthew chapter one this is the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ. And right there in the middle of all those great, powerful heroes of the Old Testament is this little prostitute woman. Right? And it continues to call her Rahab the harlot. This so we all know. This so we're all sure of what the grace of God has done. That it is in God's heart, not only to save you, but ladies and gentlemen, to save you and all of your house. Her, this Gentile coming in to, the, to this family, as well as all those that she loved, was all in God's plan. God showed us his plan for us all the way back there at Rahab's house when Paul, the, the apostle shows up in Philippi in Acts chapter 16 and he sees Lydia. Lydia is his first convert and she's a seller of purple and the scripture says she and all her house believed. It's like it became the standard from that day forward. The next thing we know that story that, that Mark read this morning that jailer uh, um, Paul comes to his, his house because he says what must I do to be saved? And Paul says believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved you and all your house. Yeah. I don't know what your family situation's like, but don't give up. Amen. Don't give up on those unsaved relatives. Don't give up on those who are, who are defiant to the things of God. Brothers, sisters, sons, daughters, mothers, fathers. Hey, don't give up. Listen, it's in the plan of God. It's in the heart of God to have all the family. He's not written any of them off. I know, that. I, I know you might think, <laughs> I don't know if we want this guy in heaven. Yeah, <laughs> listen, anything's possible with him. And then Hebrews chapter 11 talks about Rahab says this, by faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. It says that she did that by faith. And what more shall I say for the time would fail me to speak of Gideon and Samson and Jephthah and David. Isn't, Isn't that interesting? This whole scripture was written by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, was it not? And he wanted to make sure that Rahab got talked about When he's running out, or she, whoever the author of Hebrews is, it's ultimately the Holy Spirit, they're running out of time to write down all the stories. Think about it. Didn't have time to tell us about David, but you had to get Rahab in there. Didn't have time to talk to us about Samuel or Gideon, but you made sure to get the harlot Rahab listed in there. You see how important this story is for us today. It gives us all hope. All hope. And no matter what kind of failures we have in our life, God can change your whole story with that scarlet hope. All the blood of Jesus. Let's bow our heads. Father, I want to thank you for this great day. Thank you, Lord, for these wonderful people who have come here today to hear from you. Lord, to worship you. To lift up our hands and to lift up our voices and bless our God to sow into the kingdom of God and to serve in the house of God. And Lord, that we may be encouraged and built and strengthened by your word. We know that your word is life to those who find it and it is health to all of their flesh. And we thank you that we can take this word with us today knowing that every good thing that you have spoken concerning us is true. Not one word will fail. It will surely come to pass. Father, that your people would hold on to your promise. And believe it and be fully persuaded as our father Abraham was that what you have promised you are also able to perform. Whatever difficulties they may be facing today you are greater. Whatever challenges they may be up against right now your word is greater. Your word will never fail. That you God always give a hope and that hope does not disappoint because your love has been given to us. I thank You for healing today. Praise. For restoring today. Thank You, Lord, for encouraging hearts today. Blessing that Your favor, God, Your great Praise. favor would be upon Your people. Praise. Lord, this message that came to us, that we believed, that saved us, that is that Christ died for our sins, and He was buried, and He rose... Again from the dead three days later. That message has come to us. And you said, whoever believes on me will not be put to shame. But will have everlasting life. I pray, God, that we will be faithful carriers of this message. Faithful proclaimers of this great gospel to a world who so desperately needs you in their life. Help us, God, to be faithful stewards of this message. To carry it where we go. In word and in deed. Thank you for your blessing upon your people today. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We would like to invite you to one of our service times in either McKinney or Dallas. Sunday mornings in McKinney at 9.30 and 11. And Wednesday evenings at 7. And in Dallas, 10.30 Sunday mornings. And our 1 o'clock, One Cause Dallas Espanol service. You can find out more information about our church at onecausechurch.com. If you'd like to partner with our ministry, there is also a link on the front page of our website.